0: I want to start today actually with, uh, with a story, a story of a man, him and his wife always wanted to go to Israel, they always wanted to go to the Holy Land, and, and they have been uh, saving up for years and years to bring their family to the Holy Land, and right before they were about to book their tickets, uh, the wife said, do you mind if I bring my mother? And uh, the, the, the husband was like... <sighs> Yeah, I guess so. So the mother-in-law came on the trip with them and they flew over to the Holy Land and they're seeing all the incredible sights and seeing the, the Sea of Galilee and all these things. And they get to Jerusalem, getting ready to go and, and look at the temple and look at the, the, the tomb and all the stuff. And the mother-in-law has a massive heart attack and dies right there in the Holy Land. And they're like, what are we gonna do here? So they go to the funeral home and say, uh, how much would it cost for us to send her body back to the U.S. to be buried there? And the funeral director said, it's going to cost $15,000 to send her back over there. He said, but can I offer another suggestion? You can bury her here in the Holy Land for $150. And so the guy was like, mm, okay. So he went back, and he thought about it for a minute. Then he, then he went back to the funeral director and said, we're going to go ahead and ship her back to the U.S. And the guy was like, what in the world? What are you talking about? He said, I told you it was only $150. He said, I know, but thousands of years ago, there was a man who was buried here and he came back to life, and I cannot, I cannot take that risk. So I'm gonna pay the $15,000 and get, them, get her on. That's wrong. Okay, I was, a little Easter joke. I mean, no, we need to laugh after the year we've had. Um, I mean, you would agree, it's been a hard year. It's been a hard year, it's been a hard, been a hard season. You know, just looking back at last year, not coming into this year, last year, and of course, all the COVID stuff, thinking that it may only be six weeks. I mean, you know, this has been the longest six weeks I've ever been in. And um, quarantine, and then, we had, and then we had two hurricanes, not one two hurricanes that came in and one of them being one of the most costliest hurricanes in U.S. history Then we had all of the political turmoil that happened and then we had all of the kind of financial fallouts that happened and many people lost jobs many of people had people that had, I, I wanted to show you this how many of you in here had someone in your family or a friend that was close to you that died in the last year I want you just to raise your hand I want you to see, look look across this room So many people have have experienced loss this year in significant ways And, and so today for Easter, the title of my message today is, I've got some good news. I mean, no, we need some good news right now. We need some good news. And today we get to declare what I believe is the greatest news on the planet. And uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I absolutely love this chapter. We're going to look at verse 15 and verse 17. And then we're going to go to Matthew 28. So if you want to open up your Bibles or if you want to turn on your Bible, however <laughs> that works for you, um, we have our electronic Bible here on the, on the screen as well. And I want you to participate. Uh, I, I encourage participation. If you are new here to OSC, uh, you're gonna find out real quick that you preach with me. Uh, you're not watching, you're preaching with me. So if, you, if, you, uh, if I point to the screen, and we got these yellow letters, they're for you to say out loud. Because I feel like if you're engaged in the message, you retain it a lot more. And so I uh, so we, we want you to, to, to preach with me. And so this is what it says. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter five, it says, he died for... Okay, now listen, 8 o'clock was super loud. I don't know if it's because they're early birds or not, but I want you to bring it. Okay, so he died for? There we go. Okay, much better. All right, he died for everyone. This is so huge here for all of us to know here. Not the clean ones, not the pure ones, not the the ones that are all good. He died for everyone so that those who receive his, his new life will no longer live for? themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who, okay, there's our Good Friday and was, there's our Easter Sunday, Good Friday and Easter Sunday. He was raised for them. Verse 17 says this, this means that, come on, let's say that again. So he died for, okay, yeah, we went back. I'm sorry, I didn't tell y'all. He died for everyone so that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a, the, Old life is gone and the new life, new life has begun. How I many you oh, know this is good news? This is good news. Now, in order for you, nope, too late, too late, sorry. You had your moment. You should have taken it. I'm kidding. If you, if you, if you know anything about the old, in order to get new, old's gotta go. In order to have the new things, old has to leave. Now, okay, so I'm going to survey the church here, okay? All those online, you can give a hand raise emoji, however that works. All of us in here, okay? You got to be honest, liars or friars, okay? So (laughs) so you got to be honest here. How many of you in here are a bit of a hoarder? You hold on to things longer than you probably should. Come on, let's go right here, right here. Raise it up, raise it up. Hoarders unite. Okay. Right here. Here's the moment. Some of y'all are raising your spouse's hand for them. Okay. Okay. Put your hands down. How many of you are the throwers? You get it, get it out, get it out of here. You're clearing out. You love spring cleaning. Like get it. Everything's going. It's going. It's going. It's going. I'm doing that all the time. I'm opening up our fridges, throwing stuff. Lindsay's like, that's my breakfast. I'm like, I'm sorry. Should have ate it yesterday. Okay. It's going. It's going. Everything's going. Not a leftover kind of guy. Like. We, we have things, you know, in our house that we've kept over the years. Um, some things is a bit, a bit hortish and other things are not. But there's things that I think all of us have probably kept. Like, I still have my Letterman jacket from high school. Anybody got their Letterman jacket from high school? One of the first times Lindsay ever saw me was with the Letterman jacket that I had. So every time I want to rekindle the romance and go put that sucker back on, <laughs> She's like, it's not doing it. It's not doing it. Um... I have all my old baseball cards that I collected from, from junior high and high school. Um, Lindsay still has her Cabbage Patch doll. Anybody got a Cabbage Patch? That? Back in the 80, Cabbage Patch doll. She still has her Cabbage Patch dolls. Now, let me ask you about this one. This one goes into a little bit of the weird. Just gonna be honest with you. It's a little weird, okay? How many of you, we have in our house a little uh, medicine bottle that is filled with some of you already know where I'm going. Filled with my children's teeth. Yeah. Who does that? Who keeps their children's teeth in here? Yeah, y'all are nasty. Okay, so <laughs> I'm a part of that. We have it as well. I don't know. And it's weird because it's not like we have individual bottles for each one of our children. All three kids get in the same bottle. <laughs> so like you don't even know which kid it is that you have. Like whose tooth is this? I don't know. Let's pair it up. Open your mouth. Let's see. Is that your tooth? No, it's not your like... Weird, 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 weird stuff, okay? So we've, we've kept some, some weird stuff. We've kept memories and, of course, um, you know, thrown away a good bit of stuff as well. And my youngest son, by the way, is the, the chief hoarder, okay? Like, he doesn't want to throw anything. So, like, when I send them to the room to kind of do some spring clean, like, we're gonna get rid of some stuff. It's like memory lane for him. He's like, oh, look at this. Oh, I haven't played with this for four years. And we have, like, the certain piles, like the, you know, the keep, the, 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 uh, the giveaway, and then the throw you should see how big his keep pile is. It's, it's the biggest pile there is. And every time I'm like, son, you haven't played with this for years. Yeah, but Nana bought that for me. And then you go to this, where'd you get that? I got that at McDonald's. That was like my favorite McDonald's store. I'm like, come on. <laughs> so we have to like have them leave and we go clean the room and throw stuff for them. That's, that's how that works in our, in our house. But this this verse is telling us that the old life has gone and the, the new life has begun. And the reason I bring this up is because maybe you're not a hoarder physically, but I know there's many of us that are hoarders emotionally. We hold on to things emotionally that we should be letting go of. And this Easter, I am encouraging everybody in here, it's time to let go of some stuff. How many know Jesus wants to give you new things, new habits, new thoughts, new patterns, new life? But in order to have new life, you've got to let go of the old. You've got to get rid of that. And so today, I want us to look at a story that's found in Matthew uh, chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Because this is what Jesus does. Jesus can take old things and make them new. I I always love um, looking at people that have the, there are certain individuals that have the unique ability to look at something that somebody else would throw out that thought it was worn out, useless, wasteless, broken. And someone can look at that and buy that and then repurpose it, re-put paint on it, get it all nice and new, and then sell it for hundreds of more dollars than it was when they found it. How many know Jesus is the ultimate antiquer? How many know this is what Jesus does? Jesus takes people who thought they were broken, worn out, not useful, wasteful, and how many know Jesus can then take them and make them new and clean and purposeful and give them value? This is what Jesus does. He can take our brokenness and make it new again. He can take what has been hard and painful and use it as a testimony. This is the God that we serve. He's incredible at that. And in Matthew 28, we see the story of Jesus uh, and two women, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. It says this in Matthew 28, starting in verse one, it says this, and after the Sabbath, everybody say those two words, at... At dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other day went to look at the tomb. And I think that at dawn is so important because at dawn is the beginning of the, the sunrise coming up, this at dawn moment. But how many know, before there was an at dawn, there was a Good Friday and a Saturday. A Good Friday and a Saturday. Good Friday was a day of pain. Saturday was a day, day of confusion. So lust. How many know, right now, many of us are living more in Good Friday and Saturdays than we are on Sundays. We're living in a place of pain. We're living in a place of confusion. And this is where the disciples were, so confused. They had abandoned him, rejected him. Three, oh, one of them had denied him three times. One of them had, had totally given him over to the Romans. And here you are, the people that he's invested his life in had, had abandoned him, and then, of course, you have the crucifixion, the most painful death that a man could go through. And then, and then you have Saturday, which there's nothing going on, and a day of confusion and silence. What's happening? What's going on? And here it is at, at dawn, this is a huge part, because I need everybody to listen to me. You don't get Easter Sunday without Good Friday. That's right. You don't get a good Easter Sunday without Good Friday. Mamas in the house, come on, I got any mamas in the house? Mamas, all right. Mamas, you know that before you have that incredible moment of having that baby lay on your chest, before there is great joy, there is great what? Pain. That's exactly right, you know it. Yeah, you're screaming at somebody, okay? <laughs> Usually your husband, this is your Your fault. Great pain usually always precedes great joy. And the Easter story is just that, great pain that preceded great joy, the most horrible thing that ever happened on Good Friday would lead into the most wonderful thing that ever happened on Good Sunday. And so today that's what we celebrate. But some of you are in a place that looks more like Good Friday than it looks like Resurrection Sunday. But I'm just here today to tell you, Good Sunday always comes. Resurrection always comes to those who put their trust in the Lord. And today you see that when it says, there was a violent earthquake, look what it says. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb and it rolled back the stone and sat on it. I love that, just sat on the stone. And his appearance was like lightning next verse says, and his clothes were white as snow. And the angel said to the women, what do he say? Don't be afraid, don't be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. Here we go, here's the part. He is, not here. Not he is risen. just as he said. He is not here, he is risen. He is not here, he is risen. This is a, a huge part for us to understand because watch this, he is not here is the facts. He is risen is the truth. Watch this. Oh, he's not here. Oh my goodness, where is he? He is risen, that's the truth. Now watch this. Many of us can look at life through the facts and miss the truth. How many know this year has been a year of of hell, been a year of pain, been a year of heartache, but how many know the truth is he has been with us and he has been faithful and he has been, come on, y'all with me today? The facts may be that the doctor said one thing, but how I many know the truth says that God is a healer, he is a miracle worker, he can do things that, that, that doctors can never do. The facts may be that your children are running from the Lord, but the truth is, is that they can't outrun your prayers, and that God will grab a hold of them. That is the truth that we declare. The fact may be you lost your job this year or your 401k went kaput, not anywhere what you thought, but the truth of it is they have never been your provider. God is your source. God is with you. I mean, no, facts say one thing, but the truth says something totally different. So here's the question, ready? Which one are you focusing on? Because if you look at everything around us and if you look on, you know, the, the, the news apps and social media, you'll just see all of the facts. And they're facts, but they're not the truth. The facts is, is that the days are getting darker The truth is, we're getting closer to seeing our savior. This is the truth of the... So today, this is the good story of of Easter that tells us that even though the facts say life is hard, the truth says Jesus is with us. Even though the facts say that people have died this year, the truth said for those who have put their hope in Christ and believed in Christ, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And I love what the angel says. The angel says this, come and what? Come and see, invites Mary Magdalene, the other Mary. Hey, come and see the place where he laid. I love this because watch this, watch this. The angel didn't roll away the stone so Jesus could get out. The angel rolled away the stone so you and I could get in. Hey, watch this, here's why I know that's the case, because we know the resurrected Jesus walked through walls to go show himself to the disciples. How I many know he could've walked through some stone? But he didn't. They rolled the stone away, not because Jesus needed to get out, but you and I needed to get in to see that he is alive. This is more about what God was trying to tell us than it is just about what, he, what we're telling him. Come and see, he is not here. He's not here. Jesus is alive. Now, there is, um, all over the world, these, there are these things called the weather forecasting stones. Weather forecasting stones. You can see them at all different types of parks. And there's actually one park in South Africa where Pastor JJ and Esther are from. And uh, I took a picture of it and I wanna show you what it says. This is, it, there's a rock on a chain and it says, here it goes. If the stone is wet, it's raining. If the stone is dry, it's not raining. If there's a shadow on the ground, it's sunny. If there's white on the top, it's snowing. Hey, if you can't see the stone, it's foggy. If it's a swinging stone, it's windy. If the stone's jumping up and down, there's an earthquake. And the stone's gone, there's a tornado. <laughs> there's a tornado. So yet again, of course, this is somewhat of a joke. But, but it does also have some semblance to really how the weather is. And I think this can also give us reason though for Easter. Hey, ready, you wanna know how you have a changed life? Watch this, you check the stone, check the stone. Hey, you wanna know how you get real freedom? Check the stone. You wanna know how you have a new life? Check the stone. You wanna know if Jesus really is God? Check the stone. The stone is what we continually go back to. You wanna know how you don't keep going back to the same thing over and over again? Check the stone because the man who came out of this grave is the man who can change your life and my life forever. Check the stone. It reminds me of a Muslim man who became a Christian and all of his Muslim friends says, I can't believe you became a Christian. How could you become a Christian? And he says, I'll give it to you this way. Imagine I'm walking down the road, trying to get to a destination and there comes a fork in the road, and I don't know if I should take the left or if I should take the right. And right there on the ground is a dead man and an alive man. Which one do you think I'm asking for directions? Hey, guess what? Of all religions, we have the one where God rose from the grave and he is alive and well. And listen, we just need to ask him for directions. He is the God man. Timothy Keller says it this way. If Jesus rose from the dead, then you've got to what? You've got to accept all that he said. If Jesus did what he actually said he was going to do, you and I have to accept what he said. But if he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about anything that he said? But watch the end of this quote. He says this, the issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. If Jesus really did rise from the grave, then everything that he told us, we're called to accept and live out. If he didn't rise from the grave, then don't worry about anything that was in there. It's just a good book with some good principles. But how many know, if grandma was dead and grandma said, "Better you better go and clean your room, and then she rose from the grave and said, did you clean your room? How many know, you go going to clean your room? Yeah. Grandma, no. And here we are, Jesus gives them this commandments before he dies and then he dies and he rises again And we know one of the greatest commissions to go and to make disciples, disciple them and baptize them. Why do we consider that optional? That is a command from scripture that God has called us, a a dead man who was once dead, that is alive, that now gives us. When God says, I will be with you, I will never leave you or forsake you. How many know that comes very differently from a dead man to now an alive man? God knows. He knows your pain, he knows my pain if you've had a hard day, he, he can say, I know how you feel. I know how you feel. Jesus has walked through this and in verse seven, it says that the, that the angel says to him, then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb. So they're on their way to go tell the disciples this incredible news. They're afraid, yet they're filled with joy. And they go and run to tell his disciples. And suddenly, who do they meet? Jesus meets them. And he greets them. Greetings, he says, they came to him, clasped his feet, and they worshiped him. And then Jesus says to them, don't be afraid. Everybody tell me these three words, go. Come on, let's say it again. Go and tell my brothers to to go to Galilee there. They will see me. All right, watch this. So at the very beginning of this story, the angel that was sitting on the rock told them to come and see, come and see. And now that they have met Jesus, he now tells them to go and tell. Watch this. As followers of Christ, if we're not careful, we can get stuck in come and see and not go to go and tell. Anybody in here God has radically changed your life, God has freed you, delivered you, healed you. Come on, go and tell go and tell the world. You go, well, I can't. You know how jacked up my story is? Even the more, guess why? Because we're not the hero of the story. He's the hero of the story. And when Jesus is the hero of the story, no matter how bad my story is, he's the hero. My my life was old, my life was ruined, my life was broken, but because of Jesus and what he's done, He's restored, he's healed, he's forgiven, he's blessed. And here these women are, they've encountered Jesus. Think about the two first people he meets after he rises are women. Mary Magdalene being one of them, who had one of the sketchiest pasts you could imagine. And yet God delivered her, God healed her, and Jesus was the first one to meet with her and say, you get the privilege and the opportunity to be the first bearer. Can women be preachers? Jesus says they can. Jesus puts some as on. Hey, you get to go herald the great news. You get to go and tell, go tell all of those men that I am alive. And here we are in this. And I wanna show you three things that happen when we encounter Jesus. And this is what my prayer has been for this service today are these three things. The first thing happens when you encounter Jesus is that you meet Jesus. Listen, I'm so excited for all those that are here that you came for Easter. I don't know if someone invited you. I don't know if you saw a promo. I don't know if a friend had you. I don't know if someone promised you lunch, but you're here. They better deliver. Okay, so come on somebody. And we're not talking about Taco Bell either. Like it better be like a sit down lunch. I don't know why you're here, but listen to me very closely. If you leave here and just got a good lunch, but you didn't get Jesus, then I missed out. This is the moment. I believe that God wants you to meet Jesus. To meet Jesus. Listen, I didn't say meet religion. I didn't say meet a great service. I didn't say meet some great songs. I didn't even say meet a pastor. I said, I want you to meet Jesus. Because when you meet Jesus, your life is never the same. Jesus will change you from the inside out. There's no, there, there is no sin to bad you are nowhere too far for God's hand to reach you, and for God to meet you. People who thought they had, could have nothing to do with Jesus, Jesus would go find them. The woman caught in adultery, He went to her. The leper that nobody was to touch, He touched them. How you know? They're, they're no, bad, no matter how bad you've been, Jesus can touch you and meet with you wherever you are. This is it. This is the good news of the gospels that you that you meet Jesus. Secondly, is when you meet Jesus. Usually what ends up happening is you worship Jesus because you realize who he is. And in light of who he is, you realize who you are. When, when, when they really would encounter Christ, many times they would fall on their face. And they would, th- these ladies, they, they clasped his feet and begin to worship him. Watch this, everybody listen to me. We're all worshipers. You're all, we're all worshipers. Every single one of you are worshiping something. Maybe you're worshiping money. Maybe you're worshiping a job. Maybe you're worshiping your kids. Don't worship them, they'll fail you. Maybe you're worshiping a man. Definitely don't worship him. He will definitely fail you. Maybe you're worshiping success. Maybe you're worshiping a status. Maybe you're worship, we're all worshiping. Worship is anything we give our time and our talents and our affection and our pursuit. Maybe you're worshiping LSU or the saints. Some days, depends on how it goes. Maybe you're but we're all worshiping something. But hey, listen, listen. May we never worship anything that is below the creator. May we not worship the created when we should worship the creator who gave all those things to us. He gave us all those things. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. Listen, I, 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 and I love, I'm the biggest sports fan there is. But listen, none of those guys wearing those tight pants and playing that ball have ever died for me. They don't know my name and they definitely don't know how many hairs on my head and they haven't forgiven me or blessed me or served me. But I have a king who has, who loves me, who's, y'all with me today? Those things are to be enjoyed, but never to be worshiped. They're to be enjoyed, but never to be worshiped. And I pray that, that today that when you meet Jesus and realize his goodness and his grace and his mercy that has been poured out to you, all it does is overflow out of you just to worship the king. Listen, we didn't come here to hear inspirational talk. We didn't hear to come here to just you know, clap our hands or to take a family photo or go hide some eggs. We came here to worship the king of kings and the lord of lords who's the only one who can take away the sins of the world. So we worship Jesus and lastly, we obey Jesus. We obey Jesus. Notice these women, after they were worshiping him, Jesus says, okay, get up, it's time to go do some work. I need you to go and tell. Go and tell. This Easter message started with come and see, but then it went to to go and tell. And this is, by the way, how you know when you've really encountered Easter. It's not, do you know Jesus? We live in the South, everybody here knows Jesus. We live in the South. Everybody in here for the most part attends church at some point. Most people have taken communion. Most people in here probably been baptized in some regards. I'm not asking about that. What I'm asking though is do you obey him? Do, do you allow God's word and God's truth? Just, just as Tim Keller said, if this man really did rise from the grave, we've got to accept everything that he said and then we've got to live this thing out. So is your word greater than his word? His word being the word that we want in our lives. We need to be a people who obey Jesus. And it goes on in verse 11, watch this. So the women now, they meet Jesus, they obey. now they're obeying Jesus, and they're on the way to go tell the disciples. And it looks says, so while the women were on their way, there's another story that's playing out. And some of the guards who were at the tomb those guards now are on their way to the city to report to the chief priests everything that happened. And when the chief priests had met with the elders, watch this, watch what happens. They devised a plan and they gave the soldiers a large sum of money and said, hey, you, here's a lot of money. This is what we want you to say. We want you to say that his disciples came during the night and stole them away while we were asleep. That's the new story. And if I give you enough money, can that be your story? And, there, and so the verse next says, so the soldiers take the money and they did as were instructed and this story has been wildly circulated among the Jews to this very day. Hey, ready? Watch this. Fake news ain't new news. There's been fake news going on since the resurrection. If you can pay somebody enough, They'll believe something that's not true. And that happens in this moment. And, and their claim is that the disciples stole the body. That's what we're going. With. Hey, by the way, I've been to Israel and this story is still believed today. That there are many people and even other religions that believe that Jesus' body was actually really just stolen and put somewhere else. We just haven't found it yet. Watch this though. I'm gonna tell you how, why this is so ludicrous. If this was true, let's just, let's just play it is true. And the disciples did in the middle of the night, go somehow and take these guards out and just knock them out, rolled the stone away. Okay, let's just play out the scenario. Rolled the stone away, took the body of Jesus, all right, and went, went away. Watch this. Why in the world were these men willing to give their life for a lie? You know how all of these guys played out? If you're doing that, you would think you would be doing that so you could have some kind of promotion, like, hey, we're going to get a lot of money or we're going to have this incredible story to share. But do you know how majority of these men, they died a martyr's death? Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't feel like he was worthy to be crucified the same way as his savior. Some of these guys were sawn in two. Some of these guys were drugged by horses. Some of these guys were beheaded. Some of these guys were speared. Some of these guys were stoned. John was boiled in oil, his entire body, to the point where he almost died. Then they took him out and they stuck him on an island. And on that island is where we get the book Revelations. Hey, listen, why do you do all that for a lie? You don't. You know why? Because these same 12 guys, one that aband- uh, 10 that abandoned him, one that, that uh, gave him over to the Roman soldiers, and one that rejected him three times. Okay, these 12 guys, after the resurrection, became the most bold, declaring, gospel-sharing people. Guess what, the only reason that they were able to do that is because the resurrection is true. Jesus is alive, and these men were forever changed before that. So the question we've gotta ask ourselves is, what story do you believe? What story do you believe? Because one believes, one, one that you believe produces fear, and one that you believe produces faith. Hey, watch this, everybody listen. You know why I'm not scared about COVID and everything that's going on? Because in the end, we win. Y'all know that, right? Like we win. Hey, you know why I could care less about who's the president? Because he ain't in control really anyways. We have a God who is reigning and ruling over everything that's happening in our nation and in our government. And yes, do we want godly people in place? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, there's only one king. There's only one man who rules and reigns. There's only one. You know why I'm not in fear when people are like, oh man, it's getting crazy around here. You know why I'm not afraid? We win. At the end, we win. Listen, but we only win if this is true. If the resurrection's not true, then when, when people in your family pass away, you grieve with no hope. But if the resurrection is true, when people in your family pass away, you grieve with hope. We're hurting, but we hurt with hope because we know this isn't the end. It is just a shadow of what is to come. God in Revelation 21 says he's coming back and he's making all things right. He is putting things back together. No more pain, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more shame. If if this isn't true, then I should stop praying. We should stop going to church. We should stop asking for forgiveness. We should just do what we wanna do. But if this is true, then we need to give all that we have to it. Are y'all with me? I am preaching way better than this 10 o'clock is responding. God is good. And you need to understand the passion behind this. And my prayer is that you would would meet Jesus and worship Jesus and obey Jesus because this is true. And because this is true, watch this because of the resurrection of Jesus. Watch this. We don't just get to celebrate Easter every year, we get to experience Easter every day. And here's, here's my concern. My concern is that we get dressed up and we come to a church service and we celebrate that our Jesus is risen, but it's only one time a year. And then we take our clothes off and we go back to our own life, doing our own thing, being our own Lord, obeying ourselves. And listen, if that is the case, you are missing out. Listen to me. The resurrection has implications, not only for your Sunday, but for your Monday. What do you do when you have a death in your family? How does the resurrection speak to that? What do you do when, when the thoughts in your head bring you to a place of utter depression and despair? What does the gospel have to say to that? What do you do this week when you said that you weren't going to be addicted to that thing anymore, but yet you keep going back to it over and over and over again? And what does the resurrection have to do with that? It has everything to do with all of those things. What do you do when your marriage is on the brink of divorce and you don't know how you're ever going to make it? And I don't know how we can fix this thing. The resurrection has everything to do with all of that because the resurrection can impact those things on a daily basis because of what Christ has done on our behalf. Not only do we get forgiveness of sin, but we get the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us to live like Christ every day, to battle the the war that goes on in our mind, to see healing and restoration come to relationships that are broken. This is what the resurrection does. By the way, you don't have to just meet with Jesus inside of a church because of the resurrection, the veil has been torn and I have access to the Father now and I can meet with him on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. I can pray and he can listen to me and God can speak and I can hear him. He doesn't have to speak to a priest or another person anymore, he can speak to me can speak to my heart and this is what I want you to encounter and experience. This is how you experience Easter every single day. So I wanna to end today with a summary of the whole Bible. Like, dear God, how long are we gonna be here? Okay, I'm going to, it's gonna be quick, I promise. I'm gonna summarize the whole scripture then I'm gonna get you out of here you can go. you can go cash in on that lunch that your family promised you. If you wanna summarize the whole Bible... Here's a summary of the whole Bible in four phrases. Number one, the bad news. Anybody ever come to you and said, I got bad news and I got good news? What do you ask for first? Give me the bad news. Okay, let's, let's start there. So I'm gonna start today with the bad news, ready? Here's the bad news. The bad news is that Romans 3.23 tells us, for, come on, let's try it again, one more time. For, for everyone to sinned, okay? That person who thinks they're perfect, just look at them and say, that's you. Okay, so everyone has sinned. We've all fallen short of the glorious standard. Okay, so so here's the bad news. The bad news is, is you can never measure up enough to what God has called us. There's no way to get into heaven. There's no way to have a relationship with the Father because of sin. Sin has broken that relationship. Sin has distanced us from God. Sin has, has... has marred us. Some of you feel the effects of sin and shame. You feel it. You wear it every day. Guilt for what is done in your past. That's the bad news. The worst news, as if it couldn't get worse, the worst news is Galatians 3.11. So it is clear that, okay, so we got God comes for anyone and we know that everyone has sinned and now we know that, that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law, all right? So here's the worst news. The worst news is you can't fix yourself. The bad news is you've got a problem. The worst news is you can't fix it. That's the worst news. You can't go to church enough you can't pray enough, you can't give enough, you can't love enough, you can't help enough, you can't, you can't do any of those things enough as if you're going to stand before God one day and he says, why should I let you in? you go, well, I went to our Savior's church for Easter and Christmas and Mother's Day because mama was gonna beat me if I didn't go. And I, and I tried reading that book and, and I gave a little bit of money and, and I tried to be a really good person as best as I could and I, Tried to not doing all those bad things and I don't cuss as much as she does and I'm, no. that don't get you in. That don't get you relationship. You can't be the problem and the solution at the same time. You need an outer source that comes and is the solution. And so that brings us to good news. The good news is, but God, everybody say, but God. Come on, how many like those? Those are good buts, by the way. But God is so rich in mercy. mercy, not giving you and I what we deserved. He was so rich in not giving us what we deserved. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And it is only by God's grace, it's only by God's grace God giving you, God giving you things that you and I didn't deserve blessing us, giving us forgiveness and life and healing, adopting us into his family. It's his, this is his grace that he gives that, that you have been saved. So the good news is, is that, that yes, there's a problem. Yes, you're the problem. Yes, you can't fix the problem. But the good news is, but God, because of how incredible God is, because of how incredible his mercy is, because of how much he loves you. He, in his love and mercy, reached out and grabbed your dead body and bring it back to life. And it is his grace that you are saved, nothing of yourself, which leads to the best news. So we have the bad news and we have the worst news. We have the good news, but I'm gonna share the best news of all is that God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this it is a yeah. gift from God how many in here love gifts anybody come on y'all love gifts if you don't just give your gifts to me I'll take all of them okay that's fine I'll take your gifts I love gifts love gifts hey watch this watch how crazy would it be for someone on your birthday or Christmas to come and bring you a gift and then you go how much was that They'd be like, what you you talking about? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna pay you for that. Well, no, if you try to pay for it, it ceases to be a gift. The only way it can be a gift is if you don't pay for it, you just receive it. How many you know today, the good news of the gospel is you don't pay for salvation, you just receive it. You just receive the life that God has for you. He takes your sin, it's the greatest, most beautiful exchange in all of the world. He takes your sin and your, and, your, and your failures and your flaws and your shame and he wears all of that and then he gives you his clothes and he puts that on you and he says, now you are new in me. You just have to believe and receive it. You can't take credit for this. This is all that I have done. If you will repent and turn from your sins and put your trust in me, you now will have a new identity. All the shame is gone. All the guilt is gone. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen, amen. So Father, right now, God, we thank you for this incredible gift that you have given to us. And God, I pray, Lord, for every, every person that is in this room, those that are watching online, those that are in the overflow right now. Holy Spirit, you're speaking. You're speaking to us. God, you're drawing us back to yourself. God, as we read at the very beginning Of this message, 2 Corinthians tells us that you came and you gave your life for us so that we would no longer live for ourselves. That he who is therefore in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. If you're here in this place, God is drawing you. If you are honest, so much of your life has been you being your own Lord, being your own God, doing your own things. But today God is drawing you back to himself and he's saying there's no sin too great. You are not too far for his hand to outstretch and reach you right where you are. You can't pay for your own guilt. You can't pay for your own shame. It is what Jesus has done on the cross for you and I. And today you have the opportunity to turn over the old to receive the new, but you've gotta let go of the old. You've gotta let go of the old. If you're here in this place and say, I'm ready to let go of the old. I'm ready to die to myself so that Christ can live in me. It's as simple as ABC. We admit that we are sinners. Everyone has sinned. We've all fallen short. We believe that what Jesus has done on the cross was enough. He paid it all. There's nothing that I can do to repay it. And if I will confess him as Lord and Savior, Lord, meaning that, that his way, not my way anymore. If I turn from my sins, repent from my sins and put him as the Lord and Savior of my life, he will come and he will give me new life. If that's you in this room, on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up as bold as you can and say, I want that. I'm turning from my old life. I want the new life that God has for me. On the count of three, this is it. One two, three. If that's you shooting up all across this place, that's me. That's me. Come on. Hands going up all over the place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else all over here? I see hands back there in the back in the foyer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see it. I see it right here. Thank you. Over here on the left, thank you. Back there in the backside, thank you. I want you to keep your hand up. Keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Come on, we're not ashamed today. This is your moment. This is your moment, this is your moment. All of OSC family is celebrating. All of heaven right now is cheering for you. All of you, we are with you right now. This is our moment. This is our moment, this is our moment. I want you now to throw your other hand up. I want you to throw both hands up right there where you are. Come on, we're gonna, we're gonna meet Jesus, worship Jesus, live for Jesus, so today, God, right now, come on, we all, I want you to all pray this to, with me today. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to pay for my sins, my shame, and my guilt. You did what I could not do. Thank you for living a life of perfection. You showed me how to live. And you rose from the grave to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today I turn from my sins. I place you as the Lord and Savior of my life. From this moment forward, take my life. My old life is gone. Your new life is here, dead to life. In this moment, from this day forward, I'll choose to follow you with all of my heart, with all of my strength, and with all of my might. Holy Spirit, fill me, use me, and empower me to be all that you've called me to be from this moment forward, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, OSU family, come on. All of heaven rejoices. All of heaven rejoices. This is never old. This is brand new. And we're so excited to to be on this journey with you, to see you begin to take steps towards Christ. I love it because every time we take steps towards Christ, we we grow and God opens our eyes to new things. And and I want you to know that this is the first step. We're we're following Jesus. Jesus, when he called His disciples, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And that is the call today that God is calling us to follow him. And so today we take the first step and then tomorrow you take another and the next day you take another. And I wanna encourage you to to let us know. Our prayer team's gonna be up here in just a minute. Come grab one of the prayer team people. Don't leave quite yet. Your kids are okay. They eating tons of candy. They all right? (laughs) Trust me, they fine. Come grab one of us. Grab myself, Pastor Bob, Miss Tracy, Lindsay, any of our people that are on our dream team say today, I gave my heart. I'm telling you, you need to boldly declare that. People need to know. And then we want to help you get connected. If you go by our guest services on the way out, we have a Bible for you. We'd love to get you plugged into a life group. Love to just be a spiritual family to you. Next week, we start Next Step, which is a, a way for you to get connected into the family. You're already in the family, by the way. You're in the family of God. But you need to be in a spiritual family. If that's not our church, that's fine. Get in a church. Come on somebody. Just get planted in God's church and let let just walk this thing this thing out. So, hey, one more time. Let's give it up for all those man, so many people. So many people. Huge